welcome back to Balling in the Six. This is your host, KJ, and we're recording straight out of London with a special episode today. Before we get into it, we do need to discuss the two games that came before the two back-to-back thrillers against the Oklahoma City Thunder. That were the loss to Detroit, which meant Toronto ended up getting swept a three-game sweep to former boss Dwayne Casey. A lot of people at the time were reading into this and were perhaps fearing for our playoff lives. But as I said, after the second Detroit loss, which also wasn't too long ago, Detroit have a chip on their shoulder when it comes to the Raptors. You know, they're known as Toronto South because of the amount of Raptors fans that go down to each game. You know, it's very close to the border. Dwayne Casey, of course, has made his feelings about his firing known and, you know, almost refuses to even shake hands with Nick Nurse. So they came out hard to play, and you can't deny it, but I mean, people like Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, you can't deny them, they're playing out of their mind at the moment, especially Blake, who's playing at probably second, all-second NBA level, which would be a rich reward for his efforts this season, especially as people thought he was maybe, maybe done, maybe winding down after being traded from the Clippers. In that game, we also didn't see Kyle Lowry. We had struggling Jeremy Lin off the bench, with, of course, Fred Van Vliet was injured. Jeremy Lin, though, he did recover in the next game from his mauling against Reggie Jackson, who was excellent, to be fair. He recovered against the Knicks, and it was business as usual as we blew out a tanking Knicks team by 128-92. to Lin dropped 20, which was quite phenomenal. But we also saw great performances from the likes of Siakam, from the likes of Green. And really, it was a confidence booster for a lot of the players, especially the depth players, going into that OKC double. And to have the person discussing this OKC double, it's going to be... We've had him on before. It's going to be Namdi. He's our London-based OKC correspondent. And we're going to go right into depth of what was a dramatic, thrilling back-to-back against the Oklahoma City Thunder, which in many ways exemplified the Raptors' season. Let's get straight into it. To the podcast today, we can welcome, for the second time this season, Oklahoma City correspondent Namdi Azakude. Namdi, welcome to Balling in the Six. Thanks for having me on. So the reason we did have you on is because we had two games against the Thunder in the matter of days. The first, of course, from my perspective, went extremely well. And the second, how were you feeling at halftime of that Friday night game? Is when that the you first were, or the second one? The second one. You were down okay. by 10, I believe. How were you feeling? You were feeling like um, you were going to get swept or were you confident? So, yeah, so firstly... Because I watch both games, like I I'm, I don't normally watch regular season games because I hate the league at the moment, you know, because of Golden State's dominance. But I watched both games. Thursday, I turned off at halftime because we were getting smoked. You were right and, to do uh, that. Yeah, and no, no, I wasn't because we came back and uh, we nearly had you, apart from an OT where they just locked us down. But um, I'm not gonna lie, in the second game, I was feeling quietly confident because. Dennis Schroeder was hitting shots and honestly I've looked at the stats his last 25 games where he's had actually like superb really good over 20 points on good efficiency games 
we win. And I just knew he was hitting shots that night. So I felt quite good going into it. Paul George had a slow first half, I think. But Russ, again, Russ has been shooting really well after the All-Star break. So, well, again, he went 6 was... for 20 in the second game. Oh, in the second game? Yeah, in, the, in your win, he went 6 for 20. He scored 18. He got a triple-double, 12 rebounds, oh, yeah, 13 assists. Like, okay, well, he, he, you know, he was facilitating that game. Don't worry. <laughs> but no, I just felt like Dennis Schroeder... And we played the tandem of Dennis Schroeder and Russ way more that game. Because I think someone... Who fouled out at the end? I can't even remember. But someone fouled out. And then, um, yeah, and that's not normally something that we do a lot, like play them at the same time down the stretch. And, oh, oh, we killed you. We absolutely killed you. No, that's true. I mean, uh, Schroeder was, uh, Schroeder, 26 points. He shot 10 from 16, and he was a plus 17 on the plus minus. I'm telling um, you, when he's hitting shots, ridiculous. it's a beautiful thing. When he's hitting shots, and I feel that hopefully we can get that in a four-game stretch in the playoffs and we're good. We have a good shot against any team. So, from your perspective, what was the difference that second game? Was it more the Raptors' inability to deal with the likes of Schroeder? Was I mean, the Thunder, of course, shot out of their minds from behind the line. You got 20 yeah. from 43 from three points. Um, was it simply Schroeder made the whole difference that second game, or okay. was it more the Raptors? Raptors weren't smart enough. It was shooting for us again. We're, we're I think post-All-Star break, the second lowest uh, three-point shooting team, one of the lowest from the free-throw line, etc. And I remember it got to a point in that game where we were 20 or 40 from three, and you guys were still close. And I was just like, wow, this is probably the best we're going to shoot all year. 20 or 40 from three, 50%. Like, we should be killing you more than we already are, but we won. Uh, but again, Dennis Schroeder, I like, again, something that we don't have is that guy who can, who has a good mid mid range game, but he can also get to the basket and put up a floater? Because Russ is just sure aggression, and sometimes he he kind of just relies on these outside shots, which he can't really take that well. But Dennis Schroeder is that guy that could, has a really good floater game, and that's something we were missing last year when we played Utah. Because Rudy Gobert is just in the middle, just taking up space, and you guys protect the paint quite well as re- as well as the perimeter. Especially with so Gasol now in the team. Exactly, and so and Gasol played the last few. He played in the fourth quite a lot. So, again, just Dennis Schroeder's ability to really, you know, drive into the paint, put up a floater, not always rely on, you know, um, layups and uh, outside shots was just really good. And I really like T. Ferg also. I like like the fact that he's a, he's a great shooting threat, something that we don't have uh, in the team. And I'm not too high on Marquise Morris, though. I'm, I'm not too high. He's not his brother. Like that. Well, no, I think even, even his brother has struggled a lot this season. I think the Morris brothers, their stock has taken a plummet this campaign. No way. His, his brother's great defensively. He's like, that. He's like one of the anchors of that defense. I know that they have a great, great defense anyway because they have the smarts and the Al Horfords, but I really... Marquise Morris just doesn't bring that to the Thunder. Can't really shoot. Again, his his defense has been pretty iffy. Uh, I, I don't really... He's just another body, I guess, uh, that we can fit into the rotation during the playoffs. You know, Paul George is... Again, I think he's still injured. I don't think he shot well in the... Did he shoot well in the second game? I'm not sure. Uh, in the second game, he went he went 9 for 17, and he went 5 from 10 from the three-point line. He got okay. 28 points. So, okay. I mean, I think... I think um, I mean, the one thing I do not want to face, I think... In terms of Western teams, the Raptors could potentially face if we make the finals, which is a long shot, in my opinion. 
I think OKC are primarily one of the teams I do not want to face because prior to this season, I think Russ has cooked us every single time. I don't remember oh, yeah. our last win against OKC. I just that was automatically a calendar loss on my front. And now you've got the addition of Paul George, who, when he was on the Pacers, almost single-handedly killed us uh, yeah. in the 2016 playoffs. I would be extremely scared to face them, I think, more than any other Western team bar the Warriors. That's fair. I remember last season we had one of the games of the year. I think the Thunder went to the Raptors stadium and we beat them in OT. I think everyone fouled out at the end for the Raptors and it was a bit odd. That was it was a bit of a mess. Games. I do remember that. That, yeah. was, that was a great game. So, again, I'd, I'd like to get the Raptors in the finals. I, probably not the the Bucks because I, I don't see who's defending Giannis. I know that Paul George has a good uh, uh, he has good length, but I still don't think it, he could uh, be up on Giannis. I mean, yeah, Paul but, George, yeah. regardless of his defense, he still struggled with Kawhi in both the games. Um, yeah, but Kawhi, Kawhi dropped thirty seven. Kawhi kicks everyone. Like Kawhi, Kawhi's a great player. Um, what did you think about Kyle Lowry not playing? Like, did, do you think that's why you lost the second game? I guess he didn't play in the first, did he? Either he didn't play in really? either game, and yeah. I think that I know you personally aren't a fan of the the thickness himself, but yeah. Kyle Lowry is more than, and I've said it on this podcast before, more than the stat sheet shows. He just, um, I don't know who, if if any if any listeners are into football, but he's like a more of a Mesa Ozil on the pitch, and that when he plays, the offense just flows better. And I've noticed throughout the stretch, and while Van Vliet and Jeremy Lin have done an admirable job without Lowry there. I don't think we make past past the second round of playoffs, to be honest. I think he's so key. Yes, you so will. Key. Yes, so you key. Will. In the East? In the East? I, think, I mean, the top four of the there. East are extremely strong. And I think if you face any of, if we look at the top four in the East, you face any of Bucks, 76ers, or Pacers, or even the Celtics in the second round, a Lowryless Raptors would lose to them. I'm sorry, but did did you see the Sixers last year? I know they added Butler and Tobias, but did you see the Sixers in the playoffs last year? Like, the Celtics killed them. I watched every game that series, and it should have been a sweep, to be honest. Like, But to be fair, I'm, again, the I'm Celtics were on a mad one last year and playing out their skin, so I don't think yeah, you can judge. They, they took LeBron Kyrie, to seven. It was without Kyrie and Hayward. Like, yeah, they yeah. took LeBron to seven without Kyrie and Hayward. Yeah, but... but. Come on, LeBron was playing bums. It was the biggest carry job of all time. The stats show that. The stats corroborate my statement. DPBM, OBBM, like everything. It's better than Hakeem's carry job in 1994. It's, it's the best ever. So let's not put, you know, the goat in this kind of conversation. Okay, fair. So um, I want to look back more on the games. And from a from a Western uh, Conference perspective, you've had... Yeah more time to maybe look at the likes of Mark Gasol. Do you feel that, I don't know how you felt he played in both the games against you, and maybe is he a worthy addition going forward? Will he be someone like Kawhi, who's really more playoff material? And was he a worthy swap for Jonas Valanciunas? Well, I like Mark Gasol, but um, again, I, the only time I heard that, um, of, of anything of note that he did in either games was when he screamed. I think he, he first got onto the scoreboard in the fourth quarter in the second game. He went one. He shot a hundred percent in that second game. I'll have you know, one yeah, for so one. I don't, <laughs> so I don't know why. Um, either are they not playing him much? Is he not allowed? Well, he's, to 
that, that's the only thing. And I think with Lowry off the court, Gasol actually becomes one of the main ball handlers. So he picked up six assists in that second game. Okay. And um, he only picked up two in the first game, but he shot a little bit more. But the offense does tend to run through him. He's quite, he's very good with his back, back to the basket. And yeah. Uh, kind of playing those, looking for cuts from the likes of Siakam. So I do you think he'll... Yeah. yeah, I, I see that. He's, he's, a, he's a good passer. Again, he's a skilled big man. Uh, like all, most of the European big men are, and um, yes, yeah, it gives you a dimension that you didn't have. I I I, I never really bought into Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, Mark Gasol isn't really a rim protector, though. That's probably something that uh, you should look into because we we were killing you uh, in the paint and on the perimeter. But um, you know, he's a good addition. Another body uh, during the playoffs uh, can't go amiss. Fair enough. So looking more at OKC going forward. As of the time this podcast is recording, you would be playing the Rockets in the first round. Yeah. What are your chances? Oh, no, we lose. We lose. Just because of the beard? Just, he'll he'll um, cook you? Not even. It's just, it's just we, we can't shoot. We're not reliable um, from the perimeter. That's the kind of game uh, they'll get us uh, playing. Russ, I, I don't believe PG's, what is it? Is his rotator cuff is, it, is uh, fully repaired. Um, I don't give us much of a shot unless we play the Warriors in the first round and we get really up for it or something like that. Or we play the Would you take the Blazers? Oh, in a second. Yeah, definitely. We've, we've, we've beaten them, I think, twice this season. And Russ really gets up against Damian Lillard. And so I'm pretty confident if we played the Clippers or the Blazers, we'd, we'd beat both of them. I don't want to play the Jazz because, again... Again, I I don't really trust in our playoff kind of uh, abilities. I've watched, I, again, I, I became a fan of them before the 2016 playoffs, and I watched us go into it, and we just, just got slammed by the Rockets. And then, uh, yeah, it hasn't it hasn't been great for us in the playoffs so far. And just PG being injured is, is a huge loss. It's just a really huge loss. He was on his M- MVPG tear. And now it's uh, all of a sudden not so much. And so, again, hopefully players like Dennis Schroeder can step up. Terrence uh, Ferguson, he'll, he'll get some good playing time uh, in the playoffs. Hopefully he can make some shots. But I'm not really sure how this playoff is going to go. Again, I think it's just going to be another Warriors sweep their way into the finals, beat the Bucks or the Raptors in five. So where does this OKC team go? Because... Correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't particularly have any young stars that are coming through. You have a very solid, experienced team. If you know your starting lineup is contains Westbrook, Stephen Adams, Jeremy Grant, Paul George. You've got, of course, Dennis Schroeder, Markeith Morris off the bench. So, how is is this the ceiling for this OKC Again, team? What can they do? But these guys are young. Like um, Stephen Adams is something like 25. Which Jeremy is ridiculous. Grant, how? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy Grant's 25 also, and he just he just incorporates a three-point shot into his game. And so, again, these players are growing every single year. Terrence Ferguson's a great player. He can jump out of the gym. He can shoot the three. I think he's shooting like 36, 37% uh, since the start of the season. Russell Westbrook, I don't think his athleticism is uh, kind of uh, deteriorating at that quicker rate. I think he's still explosive. PG, again, if PG hadn't gotten injured, and I can tell when I'm watching these games, like he's still playing 100% on D. 
but his offense is just stagnating. Our offense in general is stagnating because he's not making the shots that he uh, was usually making before the All-Star break. Billy Donovan just I want them to change the coach. I don't believe in his, his style of play. The ball movement is better than it was a few seasons ago, but it's still not really up to scratch. Again, we're not playing that passing moving game that even the Raptors play, just all of these teams play. And I, that's why, again, I don't believe in our abilities to go deep into the playoffs unless we get lucky with Steven. Like, I, I would love to play the, the Blazers or the Nuggets. And if we play the, the Rockets or the Warriors and uh, in the uh, Western Conference semifinals, and we're probably going out, but it'll be a great series. Do you blame your GM for the lack of a, you know, but a spot-up three-point shooter, you know, Reggie Bullock or CJ Miles? Because you haven't got much from the perimeter, with the exception of, you know, Paul George and, as you say, Jeremy Grant's developing, but he's not there yet. But you need uh, an ex- someone explosive off, explosive off the bench, and with the exception of Dennis Schroeder. I don't really see that in this OKC lineup. Uh, not at all. Sam Presti is the best GM uh, in the league. He's, the, the, the things he's done to keep OKC competitive after losing the second best player in the league in KD a couple of years ago, just it's it's great. And I couldn't really fault him. These players aren't really in the buyout market. I don't know. Again, we, we had a few shooters. Uh, Anthony Morrow, I think a couple of seasons ago, and he's one of the best shooters that, that actually played this game. He just wasn't great. Uh, in OKC, I don't think that's the kind of game that we uh, often play, uh, especially now we've got Paul George who can handle the ball and he's getting into the paint, making these mid-range shots and stuff like that. I I don't think that anyone's out-shooting the Warriors or the Rockets, so I don't think that's the way that we should be going. We have a bunch of rough riders, tough guys, uh, who maybe can disrupt uh, people like KD because, you know, he's a wimp. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but in general... Uh, I, I don't really mind that we're lacking shooting because, again, any team can get hot in the playoffs. The Mavs did in 2011. The Spurs did in 2014. I think I think it's okay. Okay, so you have a chance. Fair. Um, just 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 to let you know, um, we'll now have an influx of KD burner accounts. You know, abusing yeah, know. abusing yeah. you. I'll direct them directly to @nandy229 <laughs> on Twitter. Um, so just to just to uh, segue about the GM, of course, one of the best things the GM did was convincing Paul George to stay. And an interesting yeah. segue into the next one is that Paul George said he's spoken to Kawhi about his experience in a similar similar situation last year. Of course, yeah. Kawhi, Kawhi, kind of the situation mirrors what PG did when he went to OKC. He was asked what advice he Paul George had for him. Kawhi refused to say. He said, "That's between us." Mm-hmm. So make of that what you will. Um, we're going to actually go into the next segment now. I believe you have our feature this week is going to be, of course, with the LA Lakers finally being ruled out of playoff contention after an agonizing stretch of games. We're going to discuss LeBron James's legacy. Yeah, he's the greatest player of all time. What else do you want me to say? This doesn't impact his legacy negatively. Again, Michael Jordan missed to uh, the playoffs twice in his career. I don't care that he was 38. The guy took a two-year break in the prime of his career, so he had less mileage on his legs. Um, He also made the playoffs with three losing records in the starting uh, part of his career. I think he went 37 and, and, what's the math here, 45. 
and then he went 30 and 52 and 40 and 42. Again, the, the competition back then wasn't that high. It was a watered-down expansion league. And no one really expected much of uh, the Lakers this season. And Well, we expected did. them to... When we say we didn't expect much of them, we expected them to maybe finish in the lower seat, playoff seeds. We didn't yeah. expect them to finish, you know, we didn't expect challenging the Warriors, but we did not expect them to be challenging for a lottery pick next year. Surely, if I'm playing devil's advocate here, LeBron, if he managed to almost steal a game off the Golden State Warriors with the likes of J.R. Smith in his team, he could surely lead a Lakers team. I know they've been injured, but they do have the likes of Ingram, Rondo, those kind of players. Surely he could lead that team to at least an eighth place, or at least be competing for the end of the season. He has, yeah, instead, it's been such a stop, meek... Stop, go stop, on, please, stop. go ahead. They, they, were, they were the fourth seed. Uh, we, we destroyed Golden State. By we, again, LeBron's my favourite player, so that's why I say we. We destroyed Golden State uh, at Golden State on Christmas Day. Um, Eight, then he went out for 18 games. What did the team do? They they went 6-12 in his absence, including losses to three teams who are riding eight-plus game loss streaks and the Cavs, the Knicks, and the Bulls. The, 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 the team just fell apart. Again, when, when LeBron, uh, Ingram, Kuzma, and Bull play this year, they've only played together 23 times. They were 15-8. and eight. Uh, it, it, There's no doubt in my mind that we would have made the playoffs um, if LeBron hadn't gotten injured. He came back too early. I wish he, he would have just taken the rest of the season off. Like you saw in that Instagram post that came up yesterday, yeah. um, um, his his physio, do, uh, Dr. Karen Jubel, I think her name was, uh, said that he should have been out for six months, let alone uh, the, the six weeks or so that he took out. He took off. Again, no one can blame LeBron for this year. People are going to come up and say, oh, he tried to trade the whole team. Is he the GM? <laughs> like, a meme has gone too far because people actually believe that LeBron called up Del Demps and said, hey, you can take all of these players. People just want to hate and love to hate on greatness. And uh, it's, it's a sad life that these LeBron haters live. That's fair. So I personally agree with you. I was playing devil's advocate here just for any listeners who think I don't respect the great man himself. I feel that he's done all his can. His, his stats show, I mean, even his chase down block on D'Angelo Russell in the last game, which meant the Nets actually, ironically, knocked the Lakers out of playoff contention. Even that shows his commitment to the cause to the very end, alongside things like coming back early from injury. He's a true leader, and it's just been unfortunate. He's had injuries. Uh, he's had a puzzling roster. Magic Johnson has done a terrible job as GM this year, and quite frankly, I think he went there a year too early. Going forward, however, the good thing next year is that the Lakers will have a pretty high pick. And so we've got March Madness going on. Um, have you been watching any of that? Maybe if we look in the fifth down to tenth pick, maybe if the Lakers exactly. get there. No, well, who, 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 we who do you think? We don't need a point guard. We do not need a point guard. That's the last thing that we need. We have too many ball handlers. They tried to, you know, compose a team of ball handlers this year. That didn't go too well. So, uh, I, again, I'd like some shooters. Um, Cam Reddish, he's, he hasn't shot that well from three this year, but he could be... Uh, apparently, coming into college, he was a really good proficient shooter, and I'd like a player like him because he can handle the ball so and uh, get to the rim. What do you think of KZ Okpala? I, I, 
I, I, I don't know him. That's fair. <laughs> he's a, um, I mean, he's he's in a 2019 mock draft I've got up here. He's predicted to go to the Lakers. He's a um, 195, 6'8", small forward. And um, he's, he's just explosive. He's more explosive. He's a terrible three-point shooter. He's a terrible Which is probably all. not what the Lakers need right that now. Is, although, although I'm team Reggie Bullock, and of course, Lakers were also looking at one of my favorite players of all time, Terrence Ross, I believe. So, oh, really? They were I'm looking really at like him back him in January. He's, he's I'm fantastic. A I'm a big believer in Reggie Bullock. He hasn't shot that well coming here. But again, he's he's spoken so high, highly of LeBron. He said that they're figuring it out, uh, their connection together. And, you know, everyone, everyone, every shooter loves to play with LeBron. Kyle Korver uh, had his, like, second prime with LeBron, et cetera. So, again, I hope we draft a shooter, a proven shooter. I don't think it'll be uh, that difficult. Hopefully, Magic Johnson can finally get one of these big decisions uh, right. Great. So... Back to the first question, and we'll finish it off with this. Go on. LeBron's legacy, undamaged yeah. or very slightly tarnished when your kids look back in 20 years? Okay. It's, it's completely not damaged, like, at all. As I said, the people that he's in this GOAT debate with, they all missed the playoffs during their career. They... I know that people, when they um, look back on these conversations, when it's a LeBron hater, they don't want to add context. They don't want to add nuance to their arguments. But I will be there in 20 years, arguing away that uh, there is reasons why he missed the playoffs uh, this year, and they're very valid reasons. And um, players like Kobe Bryant, when he missed it in 04, uh, I think he had a 34-48 record. He was only out for 15 games. Um, and all of his other squad were pretty much healthy, uh, so there's there's no excuses and stuff like that. But you don't you don't hear it brought up too much. And uh, the same with Michael Jordan when he was going to the playoffs with those awful teams, but he had he had losing records. How can you win 30 games and make the playoffs? Yet people will uh, rave about stuff like that, uh, talk about how he has an unblemished career when it's just not true. So yes, it may it may. Uh, people may look at it as a blemish on LeBron's career, but I just don't think it is. People have this stupid notion that, hey, he came west, came to the big boy league, and all of a sudden, oh, no, he can't make the playoffs. Well, he has a winning – He has he's one game under 500 against western teams, and that's including, you know, uh, before before um, he came back from injury, he had a, a winning record against the west. It's the east. In his last 21 games against eastern teams, he's 4-17. and but no one will look to stats like that and be like, okay, because it doesn't fit their narrative. Well, that's it's not something I've heard in a long time about a stronger Eastern Conference, but uh, that's, a, that's a conversation for another time. Exactly. The man's the greatest of all time. Ever pick up a basketball, give him his respect. LeBron, White Knight, and London-based OKC correspondent, Namdi there. Did Namdi. You White Knight? Yes. <laughs> He's the greatest player of all time. The forever LeBron defender, Namdi. Right there. Namdi, do you have a Twitter account? People can follow you on. I More do. LeBron rants. I do. It's Give him your handle. Namdi229. LeBron's the greatest player of all time. Fantastic. Namdi, we'll have you back on again for the Raptors OKC finals in June. Thank Love you once that. again for appearing on Balling in the Six. See you later. Thanks.